welcome to episode 301 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Today we are back in the Batcave. Um, it's just myself and Jason. There is no Rob Walling here. Um, this is episode 301. Episode 300 was a blast. Um, hey, Jason, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. So what's new? What's new? Well, I thought, I thought we'd talk about uh, episode 300 first. Okay. Uh, I want to try a new thing. Um, which is something that I get from uh, Larry Mantle on uh, KPCC. Which I've is, never heard of it. Okay, you, you know, you know, like NPR. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of the things that they do is they read through the comments, and I, I do think that makes a like it makes it a little kind of um, interactive. It's kind of nice. Okay. So I'm gonna read through some of the comments. Oh yeah, Larry Mantle. I've yeah, no, I know. I've yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. So some of the comments for episode 300. Okay. Um, Anthony Galvin said. That stupid fucking walking desk. Great, great <laughs> recap. Funny as hell. Here's to the next 300. So I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. And by the way, do feel free to just interject if any of these comments okay. inspire you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Ivan Mark- M- Marinko- Ivan Marinkovic. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Okay. All right. Um, he's, he said, uh, maybe in the future you could interview some of the people that are building apps based on Justin's nuggets. <laughs> it could help more people hear about the service from a user's perspective. I'd, I'm not too keen on the phrase Justin's nuggets, but apart from that, I think that's not a bad idea. That's something to, uh, mm-hmm. to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Wheat. Yeah, um, we're Jonathan. Yep. Uh, loved that show. Cheers to you both, and I hope you keep at it. Did you work with jo- Jonathan on something briefly? Uh, or he was, was going to... He was... Gonna work with you on some? Oh, maybe. I thought. Oh yeah, th- he offered to help. That was it. Yeah, and, yeah. and then we. But he didn't uh, have enough time, or you guys something could, like yeah, that. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, Vladimir Jankovic. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe it's been so many episodes, and I think yeah, that's a true. Lot of episodes, yeah. There's a lot of episodes there. Yeah. Uh, Danilo Selick, talking about you wanting to invest in Drip. He, he puts in quotes, your friendship has been enough through the years, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Made him think of a sad trombone. It was. Uh, come on. <laughs> um, Stuart Hinson, um, I second Ivan's idea of interviewing Nugget customers. I had the same thought while listening to the episode. So that probably is not a bad idea. Do you? Would you have anything against me uh, interviewing the odd Nugget customer? No, I mean, I, I think you. I think what you want to do is to make sure they reach a certain level of success, though. Yeah, like they can't just be talking about how they're gonna launch and what they're gonna do. Like they need to have right. They need to have reach some level of customers and revenue to make yeah. it I, I'm worth listening to. That's a great prize for the for the Nugget members. You can <laughs> get to be interviewed on texting if you reach revenue. Right. Right. Um. Ben Boiter um, sympathizes with Jason about his algorithmic trading article. He said the same thing happened to him. Um, if you search for decoding captures in any search engine, an article he wrote comes up number one. And after about two years of that, he collected all his responses and wrote a small book and now sells it. So he's sympathizing with is that I get emails about it all the time. Right. And I'm sort of in a situation where either I either A, ignore them and feel like a jerk, or B, I have to take time of my day basically writing the same response or some version of it that i've written over and over again for the last right. i don't know four years and what ends up happening is i is i i give these people some good advice and other stuff and then i never hear back from them, which is sort of annoying 
you know? It's an interesting point because basically you've got this ready-made audience, you know, you've got this ready-made audience that all are, all have the same kind of problem. Like there is, you know, there's a way that you could monetize that if you wanted. I'm sure you don't want to because it just takes time. It takes time. But it takes time. Totally and I don't, I mean, $39 a, a month. I mean, who really, who cares? Well, that could be different. It could be different for you given the, the niche algorithmic trading, you know, Maybe. like you could, yeah. you could bring in much higher. Well, you know, services. I mean, my tendency to get involved in lots of things. I mean, that's exactly what I don't need is another thing to worry about. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd, I'm trying to stay focused. So, <laughs> I mean, I, what I probably should do is just cut and paste, you know, an email that I've already sent more or less just with a, a couple of small edits. Yeah. Or at the very, I guess I, what I could do is, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put an ebook, but I would, uh, I guess I could write up an FAQ. You know, I spent a couple hours writing up an FAQ with all the answers yeah. to the, the different versions of the questions. That would probably be worth it. That would probably be worth it. Because then at least you wouldn't have to be in this situation of like sending these emails and then like just feeling like, I don't know, like used or something like that when they didn't respond back. Yeah, you know, it's, be- it is annoying. I mean, it is a little, I mean, it's the internet, right? So nobody owes anybody anything. So I guess in the same reason, in the same way, I don't really owe them a response, I, I guess. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think of the, I don't know, maybe 30 responses I've sent for the series. I don't think a single person has followed up with me and mm-hmm. said, oh, hey, thanks for that advice. I did X, Y, and Z and yeah, nothing. No, they don't care. Which is just, I don't know. And I, I've had the same experience because even some people um, reached out through the, through the, through the, you know, the, the nugget. They, they signed up to Nugget. They didn't get a paid account. They reached out to me. I was in a scenario where I was slacking, uh, Skyping with them, gave them great advice, and then they're just like, see ya. <laughs> right. See ya. <laughs> right. You know, wait, that's, that doesn't quite, you know, that's weird. Other Robin says, the daily episodes experiment. That nearly finished me off. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the fortnightly two-hour episodes over that any day. Thanks. So, uh, yes. Um, he also says um, he originally got into the podcast because of the bootstrapping thread, which was uh, running through episodes for a long time. But as that changed, um, it's always remained enlightening, entertaining, and perhaps it's even gotten a little better. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simon Holmes uh, says, uh, woohoo, a, name, a, a nameless name check for me in episode 300. I followed Jason's advice on documenting the self-learning on a blog a few years ago. Uh, I was writing about Node, Mongo, and Mongoose. From that, my first book, Mongoose for Application Development, was commissioned, and my second book, Getting Mean, also happened because of the blog. Uh, through Getting Mean, I met my business partner, and we've set up a full-stack training firm. So, good times. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I felt bad that I um, <laughs> I, forgot, I temporarily forgot his name. You know, what's interesting is that Simon and I had breakfast two or three times in San Francisco. Oh, right. One time with CJ. Remember CJ helped us out with Catalyst? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I think once or twice with CJ, and then I think we may have even had it just the two of us or something. I don't know, but for some reason, I had I had disconnected the fact that he wrote the, the book on getting mean. And him, right? I mean, I know Simon, I know his story, and where he moved to San Francisco from <laughs> yeah. like Virginia. Yeah, but I just, I completely forgot that was him, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of funny, you know? Um, I, I remember, I, I do remember us 
uh, you know, getting an email or a blog comment or some where a listener told us that they had um, that had used that followed that advice and how well it worked out. I just for him, I just forgot it was Simon, which was stupid. But anyway, yeah. So good for him though. He's got so his second. So he's got one book. Do you say he's got his second book coming, or is it just one? Getting mean. Oh, and then, and then I guess he's starting. He set up full stack training. Full stack training. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's neat. Um, he also he continues to say the topics have changed over the years as our interests have changed, um, but he loves the current level of enthusiasm that we both have about our uh, each of our respective products and uh, well projects rather and Math Academy um, being essentially not non tech that's kind of cool too. You see, it's not non tech though. I know it's. It, it, I mean, it, I read it's a just whole as, software. Platform. It's just as tech as as <laughs> as anything else. Yeah, I mean, uh, the software platform is very. But people complex. don't know about that because we don't spend a lot of time talking about that. Because essentially, it's kind of like an extension of the platform you were building in Catalyst, and we did a lot of talking about that type of platform at that time. We haven't been talking about the platform that much. Um, you do talk about um, the the CMS side of it. I, I will I will say like so when you're when you're putting it out for the questions and answers side, mm-hmm. but um, in my mind I don't I don't think about that I think about you battling districts you know that's what I think of when I think about this thread you so I, I know software. where it's coming from yeah. yeah okay I mean the software is like totally your utility for this like right. the, the larger vision is something else yeah well I, I don't know the software itself is pretty is ultimately I think going to play a pretty big part awesome um, so I, I don't I mean yeah I mean it's there's we focus on different aspects of it. Um, you know, software is always uh, a challenge to write, to write good software and to keep it running and to extend it. And, uh, but unfortunately, this situation, that's the least of my problems. So, well, yeah, I mean, the software is, is like the, it really is a tool in this case. Like you're using the software to make the program better, you know, using the software to manage the program, right? You're not, the program isn't because of the software. The software is because of the program. It's, it's just something you're leveraging to make everything run smoother. Right. But uh, the, the, the software will allow this thing to scale right. much further than just one class or one school or one district. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Keep cool. going. Um, so the final, final comment um, on episode 300 from Bob. Um, he says, it was a plug on November 2012 episode of Startups for the Rest of Us that brought me to texting, and I've been a loyal listener ever since. Cool. Which is very nice. Did you even reply once to any of these things? Um, I, did, I did not, because I was thinking about this. <laughs> I, was thinking about, I was thinking about replying here Okay, I'm looking here, I'm like, wait a minute, there is not a single Justin reply. Okay. And I also have some replies uh, that I want to do um, to talk through uh, from the previous show as well from some of the nugget stuff that people said okay yeah so anyway so that's that's 300 i mean did you enjoy 300 did you enjoy that yeah yeah it uh you know it was funny i mean we've covered so much stuff that we really were only able to scratch the surface on a very small number of literally scratch the surface yeah we could talk about a lot of things so i mean given the time constraints you really couldn't have done a whole lot better you know Mm -mm. i mean we talked about Rob, you know, which took up some and, and drip and and all that stuff, as opposed to what we you know we were supposed to talk about. But that's just because we were we're interested in we're, finding yeah, out, we're fascinated you know, with what he's up you know. To. So that you know probably took up you know an aggregate maybe twenty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes of time. But I don't know. I was personally interested in finding out what the story was. Mm, about. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a you know, like everything with texting, nothing is clear cut. 
it's always a mishmash <laughs> of everything. You never quite right? know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not like we say we're going to do X and we do kind of, you know, Y and I don't know, whatever. So, yeah, it was good. It's good. It's always it's always fun to talk to Rob too. So, yeah, I I felt the same way. I mean, I enjoyed it and I like when we had scheduled it and then there was just two hours on the clock. I thought to myself, oh, that's just not going to be enough time, you yeah. know, to really go through the previous three hundred episodes. But uh, yeah. you know, we got through some of the some of the key ones, and um, the show the show titles helped. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, you want to hear the the nugget update? Yeah, let's just do the nugget update. The nugget we got to come with like a title for it. All right. Well, be- before we do the nugget update, let me just say that uh, we have an executive producer this show who should have been an executive producer back on the first of September, but uh, his email got lost in my email inbox, and I didn't bring it up in, in any of the the shows. So I'm, right. I'm bringing that up now. So Joe Steck. Um, oh yeah, Joe. Yes. Joe. So he he donated fifty bucks way back in September. Oh wow, that's cool. Joe's <laughs> First a great of guy. Well, Joe's a great guy. I mean, we had, I had a lot of fun talking with him when he when the yeah. Texing Summit was it two years was that two years ago or a year ago? It was two years. Two ago. years ago at this stage, yeah. Actually, over two years ago. So it was a September. Yeah. I guess of two thousand fourteen. My God. <laughs> Time flies. So, what the hell? Um, what I do want to mention is that Joe ha- has created um, a service called. Uh, compellingsciencefiction.com yeah and um he has found a way of paying science fiction authors to create great content and he's building a, a is, is he getting an update on it uh he on top of i don't, don't have that update right now but just i i do think that every listener if you haven't already you should go to well, com- joe send us in an update we'll, we'll, compelling, we'll si- compellingsciencefiction.com yeah send us Check an update and we'll, we'll read it on the show because i want to know what's going on with, with it um I read a couple stories off it. I forgot about it. I could write, I get back and read something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, wait, somebody else wanted to advertise in the show like a month ago. And we both were like, I mean, we're not really interested in taking advertising because it's not going to be enough money to be. Oh, worth that was time. it. We said we were going to. Well, actually, Joe has offered for me to advertise Nugget in within compelling science fiction. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting thing. So I'm, I'm thinking, thinking through that. I might just do it just as a thank you. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> for, I don't know what the overlap list. of science fiction aficionados and startup, a lot of, a lot of uh, devs, software devs. I think so. You know, yeah. But, well, especially because of his marketing channels, which have pretty much been through Hacker News. Okay. You know, so it's a, it's, a, it's an overlap. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so could you remember who that... Didn't we already go through that other guy's... No. Oh, damn. I remember it was. Yeah. Oh. Well, we'll and he just, really released it. Okay. Next show, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so, so Nugget. So, the Nugget update. So, what's in a Nugget? Well, <clears throat> first of all, I, I think that I'm going to take Rob's and, and also Joe Steck wrote me in a sep- separate email about this, um, just really saying, don't try and do an adaptive learning platform. Just pick a path, one path. Do a simple thing and just focus on that. Well, I said that too. I mean, I said you kind I, of, no, you yeah, kind I, of did, I, but you I always start. You, I start yeah. simple. Don't try and do all the stuff that you don't know about because you were talking about mobile and this stuff. I'm like, you don't really know those spaces. Like you know your thing. Start with your thing that you know best. But and there's, then build there's still this kind of idea of like, and whenever we've discussed it, you've said you know you've kind of there's been choices. There's there's been like a, a some kind of decision tree. It wasn't just a straight, you know, just basic path. And so that's the takeaway that I get from this. 
Well, just just keep it straight and simple. I don't know. I mean, even with even within say a B to C or B to B, is this more like a B to B bootstrapping business? Is your is your main is that thing you'd start with? It's going it's going to be software. It's going to be tightly targeted I, to software developers building B two B bootstrapping. Right, but, but, but even, even in there, you, you, there might be some differences in what they're doing. So if, but yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I absolutely agree, and that's, and I think if you go back to show you, I mean, I said you start with yeah. what you know because you're, yeah, you're going on tackling things that I didn't think you had had a, you had you had had personal experience with, and you had had enough time to research to build right a really comprehensive solution. But you do know a lot about this thing, so start where you know. Okay, so to answer the thing about even within that space, there's different things. I think the way I'll do that is just they can just skip out of section if they don't want to do it. You know, it's just, there'll, there'll just be a button that says, skip this mission, move to the next. Not, it doesn't fit your... Yeah, exactly. It's just, not, just not, not it's a, not even going to yeah. say that. It's just because uh-huh. that that's like an, an inherent understanding that the person will be like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then there'll be a button saying skip. That's it. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the first thing. So that kind of makes it easier. But since the time we had the, that last chat, I have not really been able to get a huge amount done. I mean, I do have some stuff to talk about, but I haven't been able to get a huge amount done. First of all, because my day job is off the hook because we're coming up to a, a release, a new release uh, at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And that always takes, you know, precedence. And second of all, because of the whole election thing. <laughs> like oh, any, any, any spare time that I had like You're just obsessing about I was that, just huh? thinking about that election thing. And I Because that was real good use of your time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like, really gonna, good use of your not time. Not going to go into it any any more than that. Just good say it just took up some brain space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just saying it's like I. I mean, I've had a lot of friends and are actually not my friends, but it's like you know f- their friends are people who they know who were totally obsessed with it, and then after I'm just in mourning and just totally depressed and stuff, and I'm like, really? Like you really think you're like your your world is going to end? Like you know we go back and forth between liberals and conservative presidents things shift the world doesn't come to an end things shift back and forth our life is pretty much the same as it was 10 years ago and 20 years ago other than hey now we got iphones and uh, you know wi-fi or whatever but i don't know i mean it's like you know and then, and then you know like my brother my older brother he always wants to like you know have these like three hour knockdown drag out conversations about <laughs> politics, culture, and society, and I just don't want to hear it, you know, and I just, I warned him off. I'm like, uh-uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I've said I'm totally burned out on it. I'm like, I really, I'm only worried about things that I can control in my life. I mean, I, you know, I spend a little time reading about, yeah, I read about, you know, world politics and economics and stuff a little bit, but I don't sweat it because I can't control it. And why worry about stuff you can't control? Right? Yeah. Worry about what you can control. You know, because so, it, it just causes you a lot of anxiety. So in, in my household, of, yeah. definitely it's it's turned a few people into progressives, I think. Um, not 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 me, but but other other members of the of the household and you're a regressive. It's <laughs> it's definitely been it's definitely been a thing to talk about. Um, no, but you know what? Even I went out for for a meal with Phil uh, on Thursday. Phil Phil Amen, your friend. I, I yeah, I've heard of the guy. Oh yeah, you Phil? know that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't really have any intention of talking about Trump. I mean, I just went out for like the meal with him. But we spent five hours talking about Trump. Like, yeah. Well, I so I have lunch with Phil probably anywhere from two to five times a week, depending on the day of the week, right. what's going on. You know, at least a th- three or four times a week. And 
the p- politics were always, you know, I would say a topic conversation at least half the time, you know, third time. So I had my fill, right? right. You know, not my. You had your fill. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's not like, and, and so f- f- Phil and I politically are much more in the libertarian moderate, you know, it's like we have, we have, um, we have the ability to empathize with both sides, you know, <laughs> because we're neither of us are really, we're not partisans, you know, <laughs> and, um, uh, and so at the same time, we're sort of like, yeah, this is, you know, we're both a little bit surprised at how things turned out and everything, right. but we're also not freaking out like a lot of people are. And you're just like, I, you know, so I don't, anyway, I, after my conversation with Phil, it's like, okay, I got it. I had enough, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about stuff that we can actually make. Yeah, no, I, I personally, I wasn't really freaking out. Um, the, the, that, that whole side of things that you're talking about isn't really what took up my mind space. It's, it's the two things. First of all, it's just the fascination of watching a, watching a train crash. It's kind of, I'm kind of addicted to the, just the fascination of what the hell's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, it's very, very addicting, you know, because it's... Well, and you understand, that's why... That's it's, why the like, news, it's like it's like some well, it's, crazy it's, it's, reality TV show. Well, you that's understand just that's what they're addicting. doing that on purpose, right? I know, I, I know. mean, it is. That's how the media makes money because, <laughs> you know, the world's about to end. Back in 10 minutes, you right, know? I mean, right. we'll tell you what, you know, it's... Right. It's... Um, that's why you have to... It, the news is like junk food. Right. You know, it's, a little bit of, gotta, uh, you know, a couple yeah. minutes here, five minutes here, you read a little, but... Anything more than that, it just messes with your mind, you know. And I and a lot of us know our parents who like, you know, either they're left, either they're, you know, a lot of parents seem to be kind of extreme. They're either like, you know, they're listening to, you know, only really extreme left wing stuff or really extreme right wing stuff, and they're on it all the time. And you're like, you know, mom, stop <laughs> obsessing about this stuff because it just totally well, screws. I mean, their during the lead up to it, I noticed that I was definitely. If Trump didn't screw up on a day, if there wasn't some big crazy thing about him, I noticed that I really missed the dopamine hit. Like I really was looking for that bad thing to happen. Mm -hmm. And so then that kind of, I was so glad that the election was over because then I was like, okay, now I can stop looking for the, you know, the shit to hit the fan. But then, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it, I've got that same kind of like thing in a different way. But the other thing, I mean, the other, the other part of the mind space uh, that for me is just, it triggered problem solving circuits for me. So I've been trying to problem solve, you know, oh my God, like what, what could I do to, you know, make a difference? What are the, what are the potential issues that are going to happen? You know, different things like that. So it's just, it's triggered those types of scenarios. But the reality is it's totally it's probably, yeah, exactly. outside of your... Well, for me personally, I think it's going to, it's going to be quite beneficial. I mean, I hate to say that, but I think for me personally, being, you know, earning what I earn and being in the tax bracket that I'm in, et cetera, and the future that I have, I think that financially it's going to be very beneficial for me, uh, the, the Trump presidency, you know, probably right. for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit, it's a bit um, confusing, you know. A little cognitive dissonance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, I just, I think that one of the big takeaways of this is like, don't get it to, you know, in the future, like, don't get too obsessed with this stuff because like, it kills your productivity. Right. It, 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 it was, it was it's psych- psychologically, damage, project, it's psychologically project. damaging. You went yeah. through a lot of stress. Mm. You were distracted. You weren't, pro- you know, you weren't productive. I mean, that's, that's not, I mean, it's fine if that's for like a few days, but if it goes on for like a month or two, right. That's a lot of lost time, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. what? And yeah. I have a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
so anyway so so there's that so it's it's it was the the combined of work take you know taking up a lot and then the whole residency thing so um but what i have done is um i've started to outline that course and um you know starting to, to come up with content and i realized there's a lot of content that i basically need to make a lot of videos i need to make um because like my original idea was just to point to content on the internet but I just don't think that's going to cut it. I'm still going to do that in certain cases, like, you know, Paul Graham's essay of things that don't scale. Mm -hmm. But even when I do that, I'm going to, I think I'm going to still frame it either with a video or with an audio piece or with like some kind of paragraph about it, about, you know, some summarizing it and, you know, really why it, what it means. Right. Um, so the pieces that I've been looking at, the two, the first two stages are the preparation and ideation. Well, I think an interesting summary is why. Why do I need to do this? Why do I need to write, read this? Right, exactly. It's just a summary, like, this yeah. is why you want to read this. Yeah. This is why you want to listen to this. This is why you need to do this. Mm -hmm. And this is why you need to do it now. Okay, so of the of the two stages, the prepare stage, um, really that's just about the mental game. Um, you know, lack of confidence, lack of self-belief. Can I do this? I've got no existence proof that I've done this. So it's just really going to be about prepping them. Because I think I think people they'll come in they see the good ideas and then they just they don't they don't really believe in that they can do it and that's a big reason why you know it just doesn't move forward. Um, but something else, people become perpetual students, and I think that somehow I need to cut through that and say, look, you you've got to do this. You've yeah, got that's, to what, do that's this. what I always tease Phil about. You know, is right. is is, is you know, learning can be a form of procrastination. Excessive yeah. learning. I mean, in the end of the day, you got to do stuff because if you just read about stuff, um, it's easy, right? It mm. makes you feel like you're doing something. But if you don't do anything with that knowledge, it fades. And mm. then you have to go back and read it again or whatever. But um, yeah, it's definitely a form of procrastination. It's easy to rationalize. It's like, oh, well, I just need to know more. I need to take a class. I need to read this book. I need to go to this conference. It's like, you know what you need to do? You need to do something. Mm. You need to make progress. And uh, and I think it's 95% do and 5% learn. And uh, it's, yeah. too, it's, it's also, so the, the, I guess the two traps that people fall into is one of it is like learning and feeling like they're doing something by learning and then the other one is like buying tools buying stuff so the like, procrastination buy they'll just stuff. they'll just buy stuff that's supposed to help them like you know they'll buy a marketing course or yeah they'll buy it some kind of tool so but like learning is stuff you could do at night do read when you're in bed at night and you're not gonna do any work that's when you read stuff it's okay i'm gonna read this article tonight some of you know but the, during the day you should be doing stuff i think it's sort of a lean back versus lean forward evening is for lean back and the, and the daytime is lean forward so the other really big challenge that I face that I've seen even from all the horsing, you know, all the pushing and working with entrepreneurs to get them to do stuff. This is the big challenge. And I, I hope that this framework, this platform will get over this challenge, but it's, it's life, life. When people are doing a side project and they also have a life and they have kids and they have a job, like the momentum is just really easy to lose, Yeah, you know, because like just something happens and then that moment, and then it's just like a big head fuck to get back into this thing that basically seems like work. Yeah, well, you have to, you have to, it's something you have to continually fight. It's just, it's like, you know, getting in shape or something, you know, people get in shape and then two weeks, three weeks later, 
life intervenes and they stop working out, you know, or get a diet. This is the same kind of thing. It's like you had to get back on and keep pushing and keep pushing. And that's why it takes like a, almost a maniacal dedication right. to it. It, it. You know, the people who I've know I've known who've been the most disciplined, they're almost unreasonable about it. Like they won't change what they're going to do for anything. You know, my buddy Mitch, who, uh, you know, Phil's good friends with too, is a guy, I, we grew up together and he's just this, um, you know, he, he went on, he's the stunt man, I think I told yeah. you about and martial artist and, yep. you know, he, he wouldn't miss a workout for anything. I mean, it didn't matter what was going on. He's like, I saw it's like Friday night and like, Hey, we're going to do, he's like, no, I got to work out. We're just like, can't you just skip it this one time? Nope. I just wouldn't ever. And, but consequently <laughs> he's, he's, you know, 45 and he still has a, you know, ripped six pack and is an incredible martial. I mean, he's just. 10 times better shape than anyone I've met and never lost it. Well, that, that's my fear is like, given that, you know, the bulk of people do, that that happens to, can a software platform keep them in the game? And I'm just hoping that it can by sending these 30 minute chunks every day. And just and if they, if they miss a few days, it's going to remind them. Well, I think, um, but I think on top of the software, I think that's, I think, I think like, um, it's sort of like a level one membership is the software nags the reminders do this do that the next level up might be scheduled mastermind type stuff well yeah i mean that's that's interesting that you say the next level up i mean it or it could be part of that that level as well that you know put putting pushing people in cohorts so like you set them up in groups of 20 say you know or 20 or 30 so that they kind of push each other and then you also have those scheduled meetings for them to basically do like a mastermind once a week or maybe for me to be involved in it as well. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that could be I mean, part of we, it. Were, we, we being, um, okay, we creating account, an accountability framework. Because right. software, you know, like reminders and a Pomodoro things. I mean, mm -hmm. those things help a little bit. You can override it. It's software, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> there's been a number of times... And, and I might talk, I'll talk a little bit more when we get into the math academy discussion. A lot of times over the years where I've wanted to like get back into doing some math and I start, I open, and I crack open one of my old college math books and I start playing around with stuff and I start kind of like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I'll learn all this stuff, teach myself stuff. And that lasts like maybe a week, two weeks, Yeah, you know, but when I'm going to teach a class on something, you know, because, you know, I'm teaching these kids calculus and I've, you know, I mean, it's been 20 some odd years so i've forgotten good big chunks of it right i mean i know i know the topics i kind of know what i'm supposed to do but i forgot the techniques i forgot all the you know almost much less all the tricks and things so i got to go and kind of relearn it you know but when i have a teach class in two hours from now guess i mean i'm gonna learn it right mm. i mean you got to push through it i have an accountability framework i have to show up and it's going to be really frustrating waste of time if i didn't get a chance to to get up to speed on stuff you know, you can get learning. I can't teach it and we just waste a day or it's like I try and teach something and I didn't learn it myself, you know, very well. And so then the class and then I'm kind of fumbling around on the board and then it's sort of frustrating and embarrassing and stuff. So I have it built in. So, <laughs> right. Mm. And but and it's just a group of kids. Right. I mean, I could totally like fake it and be like, oh, we're going to work on this other stuff, review this other stuff, you know, and and I'm not going to say there aren't been times. There haven't been times where I'm like, you know, I just did not have time to do a topic that I wanted to do. And I, I do a review day or something, but generally speaking, 
the fact that I have to cover a new topic and I got and I have already set this goal, we're gonna get through all these topics this amount of time. I mean, that is that allows me to push forward every day. So there just been no way. I mean, there was I mean, Phil had talked to me oh, this was maybe like three months ago, four months ago. Phil's like, hey, he he was thinking about like maybe I'll go get my PhD and I don't know, with some kind of like computer science, machine learning, or information theory or something at Caltech. He's like, that would be cool. He's like, why don't we do that together? Let's start working through his mouth. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. As much as I like the idea of doing that, I was just like, I just don't see myself sticking to it. It's just there's too much going on in my life, you know? But because, but I'll, you know, but like I just said, for this other thing, I have a daily accountability framework. Yeah. I, you know, it keeps me pushing forward on all this stuff. I mean, they say that, you know, everyone has self-doubt when they're releasing products. This is the subject that I just have huge self-doubt about, about this product. Like, I, I hate the, I really want to help people and I really want people to move forward and to change their life. And I hate the idea of a bunch of people paying me to just do not go anywhere, you know? So, well, it's like... It's like a personal trainer, you know? I mean, he, you can't not be a personal trainer or, or something. Be like, I'm a personal trainer because a lot of people ultimately will fall off the wagon. But not everybody will, you know? There's going to be a few that make it through, right? You're going to make it. There's going to, there might be a few that will be really successful with it. And some that will be moderately and some that won't. And, you know, you you can't, you know, you, there's no guarantees. Um, and it's just, you're dealing with humans. And um, I, I, I don't think coming with unrealistic expectation, like everyone who comes through this is going to be successful. Is, is it, it's, it's, un, it's unfair. Mm. It's an unfair expectation. Nothing is like that in life. You know, I mean, even if you get into, Hey, everybody who goes to Harvard is going to be really successful. Like no, a lot of people go to Harvard and they're not very successful. Mm. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, either financially or socially as or any other way. Right. So I mean, there's no guarantee just cause you get into something and are committed Basically, to something. As long as I make a tool and a, and a program, that if you follow it, you it will work. Then that's I should kind of feel good you're about. You're vastly that. stack. You're really stacking the deck in their favor towards success because people are flapping around in the water. They have no idea what they should do or how they should do it and what they should do first. And you're like, look, this is what you should do. This is what you should do first, and this is your second, and this is how you should do it, and this is why you need to do it, and just you know. But that's as much as you could do. You can, like I say, you can t lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Right. You know, you could get everybody, you could do everything in your power to make them succeed. And a lot of people just aren't going to succeed. There's going to be a point when it breaks down because for some people, because it's like kryptonite, the, the, this thing that's been kryptonite for me for years, marketing, is I'm sure kryptonite for like 95% of developers and certainly the discussions I've had with developers, that seems to be the issue. It's like, well, even, even before marketing, just this idea of reaching out to people and doing customer interviews and sending out emails and doing cold calls and all that type of thing. So somehow part of the preparation and the kind of, you know, the getting you to get up and go and do this is also going to have to keep on reminding you, look, it's okay to, you know, just be insp inspirational about this process. Somehow get people to reframe their thinking about it. Instead of thinking that it's like kryptonite, they need to think, no, this is another problem that I need to solve, just like I need to solve a software problem. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to get to finagle their brains to, to take, make that U-turn, but that's what I Well, uh, I mean, you know, like we've talked about on. is all these little things that you can do, which is, um, you know, a sort of a wizard-based 
linear approach, like right. gamify it, um, reminder, email reminders, mm-hmm. um, cohorting people with mastermind stuff and yeah. coaching, all those things can help people as we know, right? There's yeah. a reason why people go to college to learn because to get people to learn on their own is not going to happen. People just don't, you know, but when you have to go to a class and you have a test and you have other people and you pay and the people do stuff, you know? Um, and so you can bring as much of that as you can and over time into this and that'll make it much more likely people succeed, but you can't guarantee it. And I, and I think you need to get that out of your head as that's something that you need to be measuring yourself against because it's unrealistic and it's ultimately counterproductive because you're worrying that I'm a hundred percent guarantee that you're going to be success that if you even sign up for this process, no, I mean, you know, 70% of the people will probably, um, you know, bail before they launch anything. You know, just because I'm not just that number of head. I just pulled out of a hat, you know, right. it's like, you know, it's like staying on a diet or seeing gym, how many people last. It's like every, every, after every new year, you see the gym just floods with new people and you can't park. <laughs> and I always tell I mean, the people, I know does, I'm one of those people. And I always tell the people, I'm like, well, give it three weeks <laughs> and we'll start being able to park it in six weeks. You know, six weeks, the last of them will be gone. <laughs> three weeks, most of them are gone. And in six weeks, you're done, you know, and it's just, it's just human, human nature. So the second, so the first phase, preparation, the second stage, ideation. Um, and really that's just going to be about how to select the nuggets, how to think about them. Like each, each nugget is, it's, it's not the be all and end all of what it is. It's just the starting point. It just, it's pointing you to an audience. It's pointing you to a potential idea. Then you kind of need to speak to that audience and, you know, mm-hmm. validate it. Um, but I'm also going to put in there. Um, as well as we've got, there's 150 nuggets. In fact, I think 157 now um, in there. So that takes a fair amount of time to go through. So I'll, I'll set them up like, you know, maybe go through 10 a day or something like that. And then I'll get them, I'll get them to pick like six of them to shortlist, maybe six out of the whole, whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to get them to do, uh, to create ideas in other ways. So create a couple of ideas by going to, going to forums that they like. And looking for problems there and creating a couple of ideas that way and also create a couple of ideas in the classic way what what do you do what do you really like doing what itch do you need to to scratch you know so basically by the end of this, going through the day what annoys you right so right so by the end of this process you'll have like 10 shortlisted ideas and it could have been a nugget it could have been something that's to scratch your own itch it could have been any of those things and then we're going to move into the validation stage where you really find out okay this is a great marketplace. They're willing to pay the money. It it does solve a need, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at with that, um, <clears throat> with the framework side of things. And um, just going back to some of the comments from uh, episode two, nine, nine and a half. Okay. I'll just finish up those comments and then we'll move on to your stuff. Sure. Uh, Edward, Edwin Ashdown. Um, Ashton. Ashton says, the idea of a framework or decision-making structure is pure gold. I have been trying to get something going for, th- for five to six years, um, and the, the idea of the barriers and that we don't know what to do next has always been extremely hard to push through. So sounds like uh, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, um, uncertainty is a, is a real momentum killer. That's what really, that's one thing that throws people off, is, is sometimes it's not that they don't want to do something, is that they just don't know what they should do. The uncertainty... Well, that's the other reason why I want to do this thing where they spend like two weeks coming up with a short list of 10 ideas, because I do feel that 
when you just pick the first thing that you think of and you kind of get stuck into as it as most people do as which is what most people do you don't have a sense of security. Well, that's what I used to tell you because you would say, what do you think of this idea? Or what do you think of this name? I'm like, give me five names. Or you would go and you would pitch and you'd say, oh, I, I went and I asked all my friends and Georgie and her mom and her dad and asked them if they thought this idea. I'm like, really? Like that was your... Because what are they going to tell you? They tell you that they're like... It, it, this is a classic scratch your own itch thing for me yeah because i i this is this is the system that i would have wanted yeah yeah so i you, would have wanted this system yeah, come my up whole with life. exactly well i'm i come up with a bunch of ideas so that you're not married to any one of them yeah mm -hmm. as much as yeah. you can you might mm -hmm. lean leaning like this one or that one but then yeah because buyer's on. remorse is such a big problem that's a big reason why people just kill stuff because they get into this buyer's remorse phase, which is like, well, except it's not buyers, it's what choosers. What do you mean exactly? It's like choosers. It's like you you select this and then you spend two weeks on it and then you're like, oh, is it any good? Did I do the right thing? Should right. I be working on this? Right. I, that's happened every time I've picked something. Yeah. Every time. So that's something that I really want to try and help mm -hmm. people avoid. Yeah. Um, and also it's kind of, it's like, it's also... During the, during the kind of preparation phase, we're saying, okay, start doing something. Well, if the only thing you really have to start doing is that, you can get them doing that for two to three weeks. And then it it's not super hard to do that. And they can stick with that for three weeks. Potentially, you could build up momentum. Now they're doing something. They're picking ideas. They're looking through that. Yeah, stuff. well, momentum, as I mentioned, is such a big, big deal. That's why I think you want to keep phases on the shorter side because people can lose momentum. Yes. If you want to stretch out too long, say, oh, it's been six weeks thinking of stuff. No, no, yeah, that's too long, right? You know, I mean, I'd almost say, like, keep it to a week. You know, a week picking ideas. Yeah, a week or two weeks. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I think it saying, might need I to be two weeks because there's too many. Yeah, whatever. To go whatever it is, you got to keep it short. Yeah. I mean, the longer the phases are, the easier it is for people to kind of get swamped with uncertainty or a loss of momentum. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, as Rob, as Rob says, you know, I'll I'll find that out once it's in the wild and people are giving feedback. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they'll probably say, "Oh, no, I've been doing this for too long." You know? Yeah. Um. So Stuart Hinson says, um, Justin, it's easy to hear the difference in your excitement between talking about Nugget and your previous flings. Uh, congrats on finding a project that fits well. Um, so yeah, I mean, product founder fits a big deal. Um, you, yeah, you still excited about it? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, you're, you're expressing a little bit of self doubt today. Uh, self doubt and nervous about it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, one thing that that's kind of cool. Having the, the 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 stack of 150 plus ideas there, it's that's something in its own right, which is kind of cool. Like I feel like that's something that is good, but I'm a bit nervous about the new product and will it truly get people over the hump? But mm -hmm. we've, we've discussed that. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Danilo Selick says, um, great discussion on the next action framework, including the gamification point system to help push you into moving forward. Um, he agrees with you that the framework should be an upsell and not part of the existing kind of pricing stuff that's going yeah. on. That's what you had said before. Um, yeah, I've been wondering about that and so still still monitoring over. And finally, um, Sean Muldrew, uh, speaking to the point that you made about you need this careful balance between learning and doing. And um, him saying learning versus doing is always a tricky balance as most of us forget what we've learned pretty quickly without repetitive application. Um, I've heard Rob Walling refer to it as just-in-time learning. If you can do this, it's kind of like you're creating a mastermind group at scale, is his, his thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. you know, like a virtual mentor or a mastermind group. And um, 
Yeah. So that's it. That's that's the nugget report. <laughs> the nugget report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Um, what else is going on with you? Oh, um, what in what kind of a way? Are uh, you doing anything with the the? You still doing super slow? Yeah, I uh, the super super slow is very consistent because you have a schedule. You have an account, you know, every week, it's easy, you show up once a week, right? Yeah, I mean, I it, I do switch it up every week in terms of the time that I go, but I just know that I want to do it. Like, I feel like that's one thing that is keeping me from basically dying. <laughs> it's it's good. It's a good, healthy thing to do, yeah. Are you doing anything else? Um, I'm toying around with the idea, I found a food service um, mm-hmm. that will send you paleo meals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically ready-made, shove them in the in the microwave. Yeah. It's going to send you stuff, and it's going to arrive on your doorstep every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of giving that a try and seeing, seeing what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no more 800-calorie starvation diets, please. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, so I'll try that. But Thanksgiving's coming up, so I guess I'll probably do that after Thanksgiving. But uh, okay. So there's that. Um, what else I got for you? Uh, well, as I said, Modern Teacher is just, it's doing very, very nicely and we're just about to release a new, a new aspect to it. So the, so the base platform is, um, a strategy platform for school districts to kind of move themselves through the phases of, uh, what we, what we call digital convergence. So a school that's fully digital convergent, all the teachers know how to write modern curriculum, all the kids, you know, have a device. It's all one-to-one. It's more than just technology. It's also the leadership of the school, the curriculum of the school, the layout of the classrooms. Like we, we have this kind of big framework that takes like five years to go through to, to get your school to a point of being completely modern. Right. Um, but now that we're at, so we, we built this strategy framework, which is a lot like a kind of really, um, in a sense, it's like base camp with an opinion. It's like this kind of project management tool. Anyway, we've, mm-hmm. we've discussed that in the past. Um, so we're adding this new segment onto it, which is professional learning segment, where we have lessons and we've, you know, we've built up a lot of kind of uh, lesson material for teachers. And we're just releasing that in the next um, few weeks. That's why we're working so hard on it? Yep. Uh, especially the parts. Yep. Especially um, integration with other systems. And, oh, there's so much to do. How many developers do you have? Are you have this, that team that from Mexico? We have um, one, two, three, four, five, six developers. How many of them are in Mexico with the consulting? Firm? Four, four in Mexico. Okay, and then it's just you and myself and Alex. Um, and um, but I, I imagine the team will be growing, um, you know, beyond that, but probably not for another year. How much of your time is spent coding versus managing other coders? Uh, I would say. 95% of my time is spent coding. Really? Oh, so you are yeah. coding a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe 90%. But, um, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting in, in the kind of the main uh, pieces. So, you know, when, when something, like, so when something's very specifiable, like, you know, it's mocked up, people can just do it, make it work like it's mocked up. That's what I'll pass the team. When something's a little bit more, not quite sure how it's going to work, like, single sign-on integration with lots of different vendors mm-hmm. you know the overall architecture for that and thinking about that i'll i'll take a piece like that yeah just new new stuff you know new mm-hmm. stuff that we haven't really thought about and that i can do a big lift you mm-hmm. know yeah cool yeah um that's it 
That's Justin's corner. That's my corner, yeah. <laughs> that's Justin on a couch. Right. So uh, <laughs> let's get into the Roberts. What's going on for you, my friend? Well, um, I would think it was just, I just popped up a day or two ago, I noticed. So um, I don't know. Did I ever talk about this on the show? You tell me. Maybe I did. But two or three years ago, probably about three years ago, um, I was thinking it'd be kind of cool if you had something like Airbnb where instead of going and renting a place, you could have an experience. So somebody say a chef and you're like, I wonder what it'd be like to be like a, a chef at a certain kind of restaurant and you spend, you just kind of shadow them or somebody's a surf instructor and they just go and you live with them for maybe, maybe you stay with them, maybe you don't. And you just kind of are shadowing them and kind of, you kind of live their life or as a, a club promoter in LA or whatever. And you're like, Oh, what is that like? You there know, used to be a, there used to be a show, a kid's show called Joe 90. Did mm-hmm. you ever see that? Mm-hmm. So the guy that it's kind of like this little cartoon and the at the beginning of every episode, Joe 90 would have to like be part of some case or something. And these glasses would be programmed to teach him how to live in this other person's shoes. Mm. So every episode was kind of what you're describing there. Mm. That's nice. Nice. Yeah. So I, uh, I had been thinking that'd, that'd be kind of cool to, because you know, when you go, when you go to vacation places, you end up, a lot of times it's just like you go, you find a hotel, you find a place to eat, you go look at stuff. And it isn't always as exciting that as exciting as, you, as it kind of could be. And then I found that the vacations are the most enjoyable are the ones where I've gone and I've kind of lived someone else's life for a couple of days. Yeah, you know. Um, and and those are just kind of like it's not like it's a particularly uh, different life. It's just their life. But sometimes if you live a, a different kind of life, like that that you want to experience that would be really interesting. And there's probably a lot of people out there who have interesting lives or doing interesting things. Um, but, you know, maybe they don't make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. So they're like, yeah, you know, I would charge a certain amount. So maybe once a month I host somebody for a day or two and they shadow me for, you know, for a day and the, you know, or for a weekend and, you know, make some money and it's, you know, a thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, kind of an Airbnb kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, I were telling Amos this, a buddy of an Uber, and, you know, I, I don't think he, I think he kind of was just like, huh? You know, which is the same reaction to it when I talked about how uh, uh, I, I pitched him Uber pool before there was an Uber pool. Right. <laughs> he just was like, huh, nah. And then like three months later, there's Uber pool. I'm like, hey, remember I told you we should do this? Um, anyway, and I told this other guy, Alan, is a friend of mine who I would go to the gym with. I haven't. I haven't been working out at this working out at this particular gym as much lately where he goes and so I haven't seen him in a long time or yeah, probably a pretty long time. And uh he contacted me, he's like, Hey, you remember that idea you told me about? I kinky that out of my head and he's thinking about doing it and I said, Look he's like, Oh, you know, talking about what it would take to get together a team and build it. I'm like, No, 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 no. Don't build anything and don't get together a team. Get a landing page, you know, go out there, describe some experiences and go buy some Facebook ads or whatever and see if you can get some traffic or da, 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 you know and if if it does it looks like you can get some traffic and get an email list thing maybe go out and try and find brainstorm different different types of hosts you know and then go and see what they really charge to see if you can and then maybe go back and you know that kind of thing the whole uh air pair just get the the whole yeah the lean just just get the man behind the curtain lean startup yeah all that, yeah. yeah and uh he's like okay okay yeah well Airbnb just came out with something a couple days ago called Airbnb Experiences. Right, I saw that. And I was like, ah, there we go. I knew it was just a matter of time. 
That yeah, it's funny. That. And I, I texted him, and I'm like, well, you know, I thought he couldn't do it, but I mean, that's, you know. That's, but it was neat, though, to be thinking about that. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times, like, you'll, you'll tell people an idea, and they're like, huh, really? And yeah. I was like, well, I, you know, I said, I probably, I mean, I do it now, but before I was married, if I had kids, if I had, you know, some money, I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, there's certain things that I would be kind of a fun to that's do. A cool, that's a cool idea, yeah. I mean, what if you're like, oh, I want to be a stagehand on off-Broadway play, you know, or a guy just that's set all, designer, great. or I want to be a... So is, a million is, is, is Airbnb be... doing it like that? Are they doing it exactly like that? I don't even know. I just saw, like, oh, I just saw the small... Because I, I don't think that... The impression I got was that it wasn't exactly like that. It was more I like really a, love what you just it said. It was more like a tour guide? Thing. Yeah, more like a tour guide type thing. Yeah. But I this would... idea of, like, living with me, being, being sitting on the chef's table... You know? Yeah, it's like, you know, you you know, it could be kind of thing whether they put you up or they don't put you up. Like that could be just a thing, right? Like mm. some of them, you know, you, you gotta find your own lodging and but hey, be here at eight AM, you know, spend the day with me, we're gonna do this, this, and this. I'm a scuba instructor, we're gonna do go out and dives or we're my what I mean you could, a million and one things you could do, right? And you could you could go and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who'd be like, Wow, like there's so many experiences to be had, but you really just can't have them as it is. You just don't know people. You have no in anywhere. There was a show in the UK where they, I can't remember the name of it, but they, every, every episode of the show, this guy would basically train himself against an, ep, an, an expert in that field. And then they would do a match at the end where they would face off against each other mm. and judges would determine who was the who was the Isn't, specialist who was the right, expert the faker, and he, right? he won it quite a lot yeah Did he, he? he beat the expert a few times yeah that's cool that's cool so um i don't know i i, I, I haven't talked to alan see what he's doing because i because i had that kind of i had the talk with him about a month ago and he said he was gonna go do some stuff with although he's kind of had another startup going so i don't know if he really has time for it but right Yes, the problem is as entrepreneurs, you always have these more ideas and you have time. Yeah. Energy. But uh, anyway, I thought it was funny when I saw that. That's awesome. So um, let's see what else. Um, well, I guess I should, you want to just, I guess, launch an app academy or, I mean, I mean, math academy. Yeah. Let's hear. Um, What's your update? So let's see. Um, all right, so the new thing, the, the 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 latest is I started watching, how, how did I come across this? Maybe it was something popped up on Quora, and it was something about people who participate in something called an integration bee at MIT. And huh. you know you know a spelling bee like works? a spelling bee, but like an integration bee. solving beep. integrals. Oh, okay. You know, which, so in calculus, there's two things you're primarily concerned with doing, derivatives, and taking calculating derivatives and calculating integrals okay derivatives is pretty much procedural you know it's it's not a lot of guesswork it's like oh it's this kind of thing do this integrals it's like how do i integrate this there's like a huge bag of techniques and sometimes it's unclear exactly how you attack it and some are just extremely hard or not really solvable in, in any obvious way but um so it's 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 it takes a lot of expertise to be good at it mm. um and uh it was showing these kids at MIT, what they would do is um, you'd have three of them at the board at a time. Well, first of all, there's a qualifying exam. And then the people who qualify, like the, you know, within the school, of, you know, whatever, top 16 or 32 or something, I don't know what it was. But you come to the board in groups of three and you'd have like two minutes or two and a half minutes to solve the first in the round one. 
some problem. So you get up there. Here, everybody gets the same problem. Um, if nobody gets it correct, that's it doesn't then it doesn't count. If two or one person gets it right, and the other whoever doesn't get it right gets a strike. Mm. And I believe it was two two or three strikes, and you're out. Got it. So and so if all three get it right, then yeah. whoever's the slowest gets a strike. Okay. And they're all sitting the board going, just really quickly trying to, you know, trying different methods and trying, you can see them iterative, but they also try, you try and write as little as possible because you want to look kind of looking at the board and see what you're doing. And, but also it takes more time to write stuff, but it's kind of fun from a spectator's board because, you know, if you're a math person, you're watching, you're like trying to figure out how the hell would I do it? And then you see this guy or this girl just going, blam, 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 just going through his techniques and doing stuff. You're like, oh my God, that's pretty cool. Right. And so I thought that is pretty, that looks fun. And I was thinking about, you know, the math competition that our district, our county has, the entire, all of math, uh, Los Angeles County has something called Math Field Day. Mm. And Math Field Days, I don't think it's something that only runs in LA. I think other counties around the country do it. If you do search Math Field Day, that's like Orange County does it. And I think other, I think like other parts of the US, they do it. And the way it works is that, at least within LA, is Every district does it amongst itself, and the winners go and compete. But within a district, each team, each school puts in two teams per grade, a team of four. And you do three half-hour sessions. Two of them, the, for two of the sessions, they go. They, you work as a team, your team of four, and one, and one of the sessions, everybody is an individual, like a multiple-choice test. But regardless, they disappear. The kids go to a room with a proctor, and they disappear. They're like, you go and I give the kids a pep talk and then they take off and they go get it and they come back. I'm like, how'd you do? You're like, oh, it's was, it was easy. Oh, we got everything except for one thing. You're like, okay. So it was almost like, you know, it's a basketball game, but you don't get to see the basketball game. You just get to see the score at the end. Hmm. And it's sort of like, there's no spectator aspect to it. And I always thought that was kind of lame. You know, I could understand it from a logistical standpoint because they're like, ah, they want the kids to work together and how are you going to watch kids to work together? And it takes time to solve problems or whatever. And I just thought, that's just not... That's just not an optimal way to do something like that. And but the integration B was kind of neat because each round they had less time to send the second round was two minutes and the third round was like a minute and a half. And a lot of people are solving these things in like 40 seconds or 30 seconds, and it's just ridiculously complex things. And um and it was uh it was just it was entertaining. I mean, I was watching them on YouTube and it <laughs> uh I was like, yeah. And so I thought, you know, I'd been thinking we should do an end of year competition sometime with the kids i was thinking maybe we could do it at the gym at our at our school and and then i started talking to sandy i was like yeah maybe we could do it at like pcc you know one of their bigger auditoriums or something mm. passing that's passing community college which is right here i said oh we could maybe we could do it at caltech and sandy's like caltech definitely caltech i'm like you think so he's like oh oh yeah and so i was thinking, i'm like do you think we could do it at caltech and i'm like yeah you know because caltech is right you know it's walking distance from from our school, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a few blocks away. And, you know, Caltech is world-class math science institution. So I I pitched it to, I, I ran it by Helen, who's the director of curriculum within the district. She's the one who just kind of helps me. Does We'll work together on the math academy stuff. And she's like, oh, I love it. She's like, it's like math field day on crack. I love it. <laughs> and so, because I said, yeah, we do like an integration B with the seventh, with seventh graders and the sixth graders and fifth graders. We do actually just a solving B. So at MIT, they call the person who wins the grant is called the grand integrator, right? And so for our kids, it can be the grand integrator for the seventh graders and for the sixth graders, it be the grand solver, you know? And so I was thinking what we do is we get like Math Academy t-shirts for all the kids 
from all the different schools and but this the t-shirts will be a different color based on the school colors of that school and they'll, be, they'll have a different they'll say something different depending on what grade they're in so seventh grade will be like integrate this and it shows like you know or solve <laughs> this or whatever you know so um so and then I, anyway i ran a brought out a couple people to the district and they they just loved it they're like that sounds amazing so i got in contact with the director of outreach for caltech um and he's like, yeah, you know, I think we could, I can help you with that. And so Sandy and I went there on um, Friday morning and to, to, you know, sat down with him and told him what we're going to try and do and et cetera. And he's aware of Bath Academy. He, you know, we've been talking about different ways that we get involved with Caltech. And so he went, we gave an update on everything that's going on. And then he's like, all right, well, these are auditoriums. He's like, the Beckman Auditorium is seats 1100. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think we need that. <laughs> we got... 75 kids in the program let's say that like 60 actually compete you know some kids just may not want to compete or whatever so 60 to you know i don't know 65 compete and you figure you have a on average 1.5 parents you know show up and then you got a sibling in tow time and then we have you know judges and staff and ushers and hopefully media and you know i said we could easily be up over 200 250 hmm. you know um and so we found, let's say, Baxter Hall, which is this really awesome auditorium. It has like four blackboards. It can be whiteboard. They slide up and down and with whiteboards as well and big projector screens. We can project the, the, the problem up on the screen and have a countdown. And we have plenty of room up there to have like a judge's table. Because I want to do is get like, a, you know, three mathematicians to serve as the judges for the rounds. And um, yeah, so looks like we're going to make this happen. That's awesome. And how big was that the arena? Um She's two ninety six. Perfect. Okay, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'll 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 show you the picture after the show. It's um, it's really nice. Um, really great, a great space. Um, but see, I just, I, I mean, I think it'll be super fun for the kids. And the kids are naturally kind of competitive, you know, especially yeah. against the other schools and stuff. And you know, <laughs> it's Haran and I always kind of we we amp it up a little bit. Look, oh, you know those Syria Madrid kids. I think they're ahead of us. What? You know, and the kids get all excited. <laughs> you know, and he does the same thing. He's like, yeah, those McKinley kids are eating our eating our lunch, and they get all freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> so you 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 know you kind of you you twist the knife a little bit, get them to work harder. But so when when do you when are you thinking of like uh, in May or in May? So oh, we, I think we have so two, next two Saturdays in May that are, it, are I think yeah. the 6th or the 13th, I think, are the weekends we would do it. Um, so, but it, we also want to make it kind of a media event because we, I, this will be like our coming out party. Yeah. Um, and it'd be nothing like seeing to really believe it. It's one thing to say, oh, and I have these seventh graders doing calculus and stuff. It's like, okay, like, how do I really know? Or is this really true or whatever? But if you see these kids doing it at speed in front of people on a board and competition is no denying it. So uh, this is going to be something that you're going to be focusing on teaching them then how to do that. Do integrals? Yeah. Well, so yeah. integrals are part of the, it's just part of calculus. They don't mm. do integrals. I've been doing it anyway for, to prepare them for the AP exam, mm. but I've been digging in deeper than the AP trying to get them really good. So we, well, so now I would, other times in class, I'd be like, all right, guys, let's, 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 you know, do some practice problems. All right, everybody, here's the problem. And then I'd, I'd, I'd kind of give them right, a certain amount of time, like, all right, who's, who's got it, who's done. But then I started saying, all right, let's, I'll just time you. All right, we're going to have, you know, two minutes and they got to work. And all right, and then I would just go on a point like, you get it, you get it, you get it, you know, because I would, and I would do the answer. And then I started saying, why don't, I right, here's my phone, I'll have you guys come to the board. 
to have three people come to the board. Take turns. And you were already doing this before you'd even thought about this idea. No, 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 no. I um not timing it and not having them come to the board. After I saw okay. it on MIT, I was like, you know, we could do that in class. And now the kids every day, can we do integration week? Can we do integration week? <laughs> every day they want to do it, you know. Okay. And they get really amped up about it because it's just it's just fun, you know. So are they doing it in the in the forty second type thing? But I guess it depends on the complexity of the problem. Well, it's not forty seconds, but it's within you know two to two and a half minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, a lot of sometimes not always. I mean, you have to put in a little bit of a. They're slower on the board than they are on paper because they're just not used to it. And then there's a little bit of just distraction, you know, people watching you, yeah. and a little more. It's there's more anxiety and stuff, so they're not a little less efficient at the board. But that's why I want them. We're gonna practice that a lot, so by the time we actually do it in front of a big audience, they don't choke. And is the is the other guys? Uh kids uh, is he doing the same thing is well he only has fifth and sixth grade. he doesn't have seventh graders right okay so my seventh graders will just compete amongst themselves there'll be seven of them and there are or six of them so that'll they'll just competing against each other which it won't take as much time but um that's all we got i mean i was trying to think maybe we gotta get invite some like uh you know high school students or an ap calculus that's what i was just thinking yeah if they want to compete i mean the problem is though they have they have they if they beat seventh graders then yeah. It okay, fine. If they lose, they're gonna feel stupid. That, I was and, and they'll probably yeah. lose because yeah. my kids are already really good at integrating, and most kids don't even most high school classes don't even really tackle methods of integration for another couple months, you know, another month. So I mean, but I don't know. At the very least, it'd be an even fight. Most likely, my kids would probably win. And that's seven of those guys. Like, well, there's six sixth graders and one uh, six seventh graders and one eighth grader, but the sixth graders will be just solving equations and doing things like that. Right. You know, um, I I haven't had them go to the board and stuff yet, but we'll start doing that. But anyway, I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to be. Um, that sounds awesome. I like the um, media aspect as well. So you're going to be talking to the guy who was going to do the documentary about the kids. Yeah, I need to get back in touch with uh, with Jeff. I haven't talked to him. He was he was you know with doing the filming the circus for much showtime. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's always out on the campaign trail, but I'm sure he's back now. Yeah. And um, I'll just tell him what's going on, see if he wants to come out and shoot some more stuff or what his what his thinking is. Um, either way, we'll we'll film it for sure. I mean, yeah, you got to film something like that. Um, so so another thing. Um, nice. It's awesome. I went to uh, so the Institute for Educational Advancement is a gifted organization that supports gifted kids. It's a national organization. They give scholarships to kids all around the country from junior high to go to any high school, you know, private high school or whatever. And they, um, they also have, they do summer camps for gifted kids and um, after school programs and things. And um, I had, uh, I guess I don't talk about this. I, they asked me to MC their event a couple, a few weeks back. Um, they have mentioned something like that. It would certainly privately to me anyway. Yeah. So I, so I, I have some involvement with, with them. Um, and they asked if I would give a mini lecture. So that it was like, like the week before, it was someone from the Carnegie Institute to talk about astronomy and, you know, exoplanet, uh, hunting exoplanets or, or something. I don't remember what it was they were doing. I uh, was talking about. And uh, I didn't go to that one. But uh, so I fear I'll come and I'll talk about Math Academy and gifted education and what we're doing. And um, so part of me is just like, oh, you know, it's, I'm going to go. There's going to be like a dozen or, you know, maybe 20 people there. So it's like, it's really worth my time. And I had committed to going, so I'm, I'm going to go. And in fact, there weren't even, there were less people than that. I think there was probably like 
eight or ten adults tops. You know, so I'm like, well, you could I just sit around a, a table and have a meal, talk to <laughs> But so I give out, I, I talked about it. And, you know, so afterwards, some parents came up to me and they were really, you know, enthusiastic and impressed and like, oh, wow, how, how do we get this to South Pasadena? Or how do we, you know, that kind of thing. And, but then one mom came to me and she's like, this is the most exciting thing I've heard since I moved to this country from China six years ago. She said, my son is a math kid. He's, he's in fifth grade. He's in the eighth grade math class with the eighth graders and he's still bored out of his mind. And he's like, she's like, I ask him how his day was and he'll say 82%. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's just who he is. He's like, I, I don't know what to do with him. She's like, this sounds amazing. How do I get him into the district? And I'm like, well, what district are you in? She said, we're in San Marino. And I'm like, yeah. I said, well, actually, I don't know what the policy is to coming to our district from another district, you know? Um, I said, well, let me, let me get back to you. And I went and... I, I found out that actually if a program does not exist within your district, you know, like say, for instance, we have a Mandarin immersion mm. program at Field um, Elementary School. Well, if they don't have a Mandarin immersion program in whatever district, then you can come. And so like 40% of the kids at Field that are in Mandarin immersion are from Alhambra, Arcadia, or Duarte, or somewhere. They're not from Pasadena. You know, and, and same with the Spanish immersion at Jackson. Mm. So... And they said, yeah, absolutely. They, you know, if you come from Math Academy, and I emailed her back and I said, hey, you know, um, Sierra Madre Middle School is really nice, brand new, and, you know, um, you do it. And so she's like, I, yeah, I'm going to call them Monday. We're, we're definitely going to come and take a look and do so, it. So the kid's going to come to your class? Yeah. Well, I, I told him, I actually suggested Sierra Madre Middle School just because. Um, That's the other guy's. Yeah, just because it's so yeah. nice and new, you know. Right. I was like, well, you know, you could come to either one, but I'm just. And plus, I think. I think we're running out of space at McKinley. Mm. It's harder to get in there. And uh, um, and coming from, so Sierra, San Marino is a really wealthy area. And they have a really, really good school district. And their houses over there, are the, price, the prices are inflated in, in part just because of that. So you never have someone coming from San Marino to Pasadena. As a rule, that does not happen. So they're going to slick up your whole program, basically. Like once they see what happens with that kid, they're going to be like, "Oh, we want some of that in San Marino School District." Yeah. Well, so here's but here's what happened is what's going to happen is kids are going to start coming to our district from these other districts mm. because their their parents are going to be like, you know, oh, I, you know, my, if, if you have a kid like that, right? I, I I already I have remember I forwarded you that one other kid like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. I'll, so kids. Yeah. So um, now putting together a program like this is a huge deal. Now the only the only time that a district will start to do this will be after there's a lot of pressure from the parents. Mm. So they'll start losing kids, and other parents start coming to them saying, "Hey, we want this," and then then that. But that that won't happen right away. That'll take you yeah. know two or three years before schools and districts get their act together and want to do something. Would be my guess. Um, but in the meantime, we'll start attracting kids from other districts. Anyway, it was funny. I told the superintendent about that, and he was, like, bragging about it. Or right, later that day, he's like, oh, yeah, I was already telling people about it because, you know, it never happens, you know. <laughs> Which is really, uh, anyway, that was just really cool to to see that, you know, to see that happen, you know. Mm. Um, let's see what else I can take my notes here. You know, there's definitely, at some at some point, 
there's definitely synergy with modern teacher because if you think about it what what we're doing i mean we're, we're already in about 25 districts and each of those districts has you know however many thousand kids and hundreds of schools so at, at the very least there's synergy in the sense of um just letting all all those people know about it you know yeah problem is though you can't really teach this stuff without like um advanced with teachers who have the ability to teach it you actually start to have to hire the right people yeah but they, they don't even know it's possible like you're st yeah. still that that whole thing that you were talking let's say you film that that piece you know mm -hmm. that you're going to film in in may we could there there's a there's a distribution channel for you right there mm. you yeah. know just saying well we're yeah because i mean i'm gonna you know because obviously the 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 software platform is you know, I'm not, we, I haven't totally decided how I'm going to do it, whether we're going to license it to schools or we're just going to sell allow people who, you know, like we could, you know, it could be the kind of thing where we work with districts. We don't charge them money. We work with them, but we don't work with every district. They have to, it's like they would have to apply to be able to use our platform and show that they're serious. And then we would help them with training and help them get off the ground. Cause if you really want this thing to roll out and work, you know, it isn't just, you don't just do math Academy. Could you give it to like your normal math teacher and they're going to do it. It's just not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, it's no. a very, you know, very specific thing. You a lot of expertise and a lot of effort. Um, but a huge payoff if you get it to work. So, but I may say, but you know, I could end up saying, well, we're just charged for individuals use it. And you know, so like a, a fan, a, you know, a kid can use it. They're applying their, for the AP calculus test or something and they can use math academy or, or help with their algebra or whatever um but yeah I, I think that uh you know once we get once we get the media once the media starts covering this and we, you know the, i think we're gonna have a lot of inquiries and people start mm. wanting to replicate you know replicate what we do somehow implement it yeah but it'll take time i mean before people are totally convinced and and everything but uh yeah, so let's see. The other thing, um, I think we're on the verge of potentially getting some funding. Awesome. So that's, uh, you know, obviously too early to talk about it, but that's looking more and more likely. So I'm And they're funding from the perspective of like funding a nonprofit rather than funding a, yeah, no, a, a, a company investor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a nonprofit, you know, yeah. funding, giving us money we need to hire the instructors we need because we're going to need to hire an instructor every year for the next three or four years, you know, keep, keep increasing. Now the, the district would of course be able to, would cover some of that, but the, you know, you, you'd have to bring in funding to be able to cover those costs. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was sort of funny today. I, uh, you know, I, I Caltech had, Caltech and Harvey Mudd, Harvey Mudd is one of the Claremont colleges. It's a really good, math and science college and they worked together to put on this high school math competition at caltech and it was running today and the the guy who was the outreach director said hey you know if you're going to hold something at baxter hall there's this high school thing that's be running you should come this weekend you should come check it out so i went over there and you know checked it out and uh you know all the kids they did it just opposite of how i would do they separated all the kids into separate classrooms to work for an hour at a time and you know, whatever. And uh, but there's one guy kind of standing around out in front of the I mean, hall and I started talking to him. And that, of course, the guy was running the whole thing. <laughs> and so I told him a little bit what we we're doing. He got really excited. So he's going to come over on next week. But he said, oh, you should talk to this guy and I could get you in touch with this person. And this 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 company might sponsor and all this stuff. And it was funny because 
I was first thinking, trying to decide whether I wanted to come over, and Sandy's like, you should just go over. Every time you go somewhere, like you just meet some, at least one person and something happens. Mm. It's like I go give this talk, and now I get this parent who wants to come to San Marino, and now it's this talking point with the district. And then, you know, it's like you just go and you do like one, just go and make, mm-hmm. even make one connection or, you know, just something. It's like that luck surface area. Thing. Luck surface like, area, yeah. You got to go, you got to get outside of your bubble and go talk to people. And even if it's just like one person, that can lead to any number of things. There's always these knock-on downstream effects. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. And I've been thinking about maybe doing, you know, like um, in cross-campus and these different, uh, you know, communal workspaces, they'll have like uh, presentations where people just go and present stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about going to some of those things maybe and just talking about mm-hmm. what I'm doing with Nugget. Yeah. Just you, to see. You have to. You need to. You yeah. need to. Yeah. I mean... It's, it's like with the Paul Graham thing when he was like, do things that don't scale. And he was right. getting his, his, uh, the Airbnb guy, Airbnb guys early off to just go and talk to every one of their original users and do everything and photograph their places and do stuff. And they did it, you know? And I think in, at the start, you got to do that. You have to, you know, meet people one by one, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like great sort of hand to hand combat early yeah. on, you know, it's not the later that you can, it has these bigger effects that what you're doing, you going out and doing it is actually such a, it doesn't move the needle at all. But right now, obviously every little thing you do kind of moves the needle. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, let's see the thing, Matt. Um, you know, there's nothing really new. I, I have not had a chance to work on ba- um, battle math. That is just kind of stalled because I've had, I've just been so swamped with everything math Academy, whether it's the fundraising or, the curriculum development or working on the software or teaching classes or, you know, whatever. But mm. I still, I still on my to-do list, still a hot button. It just, you know, it's like, I'm really looking forward to, I got the next week, this, this coming week we're off for break for, for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to try and get caught up on stuff. Maybe. Does the um, software have a leaderboard? Not yet. So, but, but they are still using the software every day for, for homework. I mean, yeah. there's a leaderboard on each homework for a class, but it's not like, on, it's not like a cross everything or right. kids, but that's, I've been wanting to build something like that, but I just haven't had a time. You know, it's like the amount of curriculum we have to develop, the number of questions that we have to get in for every topic every day is a lot, mm. you know, and it takes a lot of my time because I have to be very specific about what I want. And when I'm not as specific about what I want, then I don't get what I want. And a lot of times it's just wrong. You know, it's just too hard or it's too easy or it's too narrow or it's too whatever, too wide. They they don't, you know, it's like, if I say, hey, you know, give me, I need 10 questions on integration by partial fractions. Well, they'll end up giving me like not enough. Like there's like, there's multiple techniques depending on the type of problem and some are easier, some are harder. Maybe they'll easily make them, they're all too easy. They're all too hard or it doesn't do the second technique or, you know, I need multiple top, you know, it's just like, it takes a little, quite a bit of thinking about what exactly it is you need to do. And how Can you, you do foresee it. a day when you'll be pushing stuff into the system that you just don't know? It's like stuff that it's just not in your expertise. And so you'll have to rely on other people to, uh, um, to get it right. Uh, maybe, but you know, I mean, I do have an undergraduate degree in math, so I do know quite a bit of math. Right. And even the math that I, I mean, I've forgotten some of it, so that I, but, I, but there's, there's a big difference between not ever having known it to just, oh, I got to, you know. Yeah, I got to brush up on it. Yeah, brush up. I, uh, like integration by partial fraction, I hadn't done that in 
20 years, so I had to go like, all right, let me look at this. How do I what do What was it called? Again? Integration by partial fraction? Yeah, integration by partial fractions. Integration by partial fractals. Okay. Fractions. 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 <laughs> so when you have like this big complex fraction that has a denominator that has like a lot of complicated like, you know, x squared plus 6x plus 9 or something right. and you're like over and that's a, you know, that's the denominator and you have a fraction on top of it and you're like, well, how I, the, the, I can't do a U substitution because there's no obvious U and DU. So I'm like, all right, you break that denominator to a couple smaller fractions and then you kind of have to figure out what those smaller fractions are. And then you can integrate those individually and it's easier to there, the people who are listening to calculus are like, I vaguely remember that pain. <laughs> They're like, ah, it sounds painful and I kind of, ow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like learning. I like having a reason to, to, to get up back up speed. I, I enjoy it. I mean, I, I, it's not, it's like one of my favorite things. It's like writing code is fun, Right. So it's like problem is you build a company and all of a sudden you don't write any code. You, you don't get to do the fun part anymore. Mm. You just manage and telling other people to do. It's just not as fun. It's just mm-hmm. not. You know, you give oh, the big boss will tell me what to do. It's like, well, you don't get to have fun anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And same thing with this. It's like doing math is fun. Teaching the kids math is fun. Solving problems is fun. I mean, it is. So it's kind of like, I'm not, it's not like I'm in a huge hurry to like offload it and have someone else do it. I mean, this is sort of an excuse for me to do math, you know? <laughs> nice. I mean, you look at like, Con, you know, what's the Saul Khan? I mean, who does his videos? He does. Right, exactly. Probably because yeah. he likes it. He's good at it, he likes it, you know? And so, you know, one person can do a lot of stuff. You know, what I do is I hire the question writers sort of force, force multipliers. So it's like, okay, you know, like the other day, it's like I needed, you know, so a topic on difference in sum of cubes, factoring difference or sum of cubes. So I wrote like, five or six of them. And I said, all right, you get, here's the range. I need uh, 15 or 20 total. Just go make. It's easier to edit stuff than to just always come up with stuff yourself, you know? So if people get you started off, it's like the old naming process of us going backwards and forwards, you know, once you get that stuff in. Well, if someone says like, here are five or six examples, like you can see the range of the stuff I'm talking about. Here's an easy one. Here's a middle one. Here's a hard one. Here's one that has fractions. Here's one that has variables here's one that this and that and you know summer plus or minus okay you get it you see there's a range the variable names are different so this is like they're like okay do that and then over time i have to do less sort of hand holding like they have a better sense of what it is that i'm gonna want you know but sometimes i get i don't get what i want you know i, I look at you know it happened this the day if we were doing simplifying rational expressions and I look, I created like three or four, and then I, the one of the question writers, I had him write, you know, another eight or 10 of them or something. And they were all like as h- harder or harder. It was at least as hard, or most of them were harder than my hardest one. Mm. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I, you, you, like, you expect them to solve this ridiculously complex expression. And, I, you know, I literally taught this to them today for the first time. They've never even seen, and like, you know, you're just like, ugh. You know, but I'm like, all right, well, look, they don't know, you know, so it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes I get frustrated and I have to be like, all right, I just look, these aren't going to work here. Like I said, simpler, but it's, it's just life, you know, it's like, you know, you, we need people to help you. You're not always going to get what you want and they can't read your mind and it's mm-hmm. just, it's not as efficient as you're doing yourself. It's not, but it's way more leverage. Like you, I can't write every damn question myself. Mm. I wouldn't have time to work on the software ever. You know, much less prepare for a lesson for the next class or whatever. So, yeah, cool.
So, real quick, have you seen the movie Arrival yet? No, I haven't. A good one. Arrival? For a sci-fi, yeah. Okay, check yeah, it out. I, I recommend it. That was, that was good. Passengers is coming up. That's another sci-fi one. Have you mm-hmm. seen that one? No. No, I haven't. Are you caught up on Walking Dead? I'm three episodes behind. I, I, you know, after the the first one, then I'm like, I'm probably the second one, but I just haven't had the opportunity to watch them. Is it? Oh, so it's nothing to do with the content of the first one? Not really. No, I mean, I'm already halfway through the next episode, but um, I don't know. It's, it's sometimes I have to be in the right mood for a certain show. Are you still listening to the Talking Dead? Are oh, you, the uh, podcast. Are you, you know, I'm less into it now. So the thing is, I will listen to podcasts a lot of time when I go to lunch by myself right. yeah but most of the time i go to lunch with phil okay and right. or i would listen to it at the gym phil's but your not, new podcast yeah phil's my new pod i'm on i'm on the phil cast <laughs> you know so either either at lunch or when we go to the gym you know Got it. so i don't so your your podcast surface area has dramatically decreased since phil came yeah, back phil into your life filled that bandwidth <laughs> filled the airtime um nice. but what do you th- go on um i was gonna say what do you think about uh can i change the subject yeah, I was going to talk about a couple of TV shows. Okay, go on. Quick. Yeah, go, go. Did, um, and there's one other topic I want to bring up. So, did you watch Westworld? No. So, it's like the AJJ Abrams one. It's kind of an android. They're like a, the rope, it's like a, it's almost like an experience that people would go like a, you know, like a living history kind of thing. They would go to like a, um, what would the cowboy so, town like a, a west oh, yeah. you know but the, but actually all the characters are in our robots okay so just quickly west world i want to write these down west I want to world watch and then the other one was the one before uh what the one you just said it like two minutes ago arrival oh, yeah arrival. the tv show the right i mean the, the, the movie rival the... or the movie um passengers Right, just just writing those down. These are all sci-fi theme stuff that's nice. bringing them up, and okay. then, um, so Westworld has like a nine point three on IMDb, IMDb, which is really good. Hmm. I only watched Sandy and I watched the first episode, and I don't know, I didn't love it. That was okay, but I'm not, I don't like westerns at all as a theme, even though it's not really about that. I just find it kind of. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't. I don't. I've never. So never it's liked difficult. Them. Like they're they're trying to modernize this old oldie worldy concept, and it's a bit weird. I don't know. You know, maybe that. And I uh, and Phil Phil's been watching. And he says it's pretty good. He's he 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 was kind of saying uh, well, he wasn't like that. But so I don't know. I'm trying to decide to get it. You know, sometimes if the first episode doesn't catch it. It's hard to get yourself to watch it. Yeah. After that, the other one, though, the one he's been watching, which has like an eight point nine on IMDb. Which he says is even better. Oh, geez, I got this stupid thing going off. Hold up. Um, uh, the show that he says is even better is Mr. Robot. Oh, okay. The hacker one, he says that's amazing. Mr. Robot. I, I, I was recording a bunch of them on the DVR, and then I never got around to watching them. I think Sandy just finally said, you know, if you're not going to watch them, I'm going to delete them. <laughs> but, I, but now I'm thinking I'm going to watch them on Netflix. Yeah, I've been looking for I've been looking for different ones, you know, new stuff to watch. So he's Phil claims that Mr. Robot is great. Okay. Now the one that I think you've said you've recommended numerous times, and a and a lot of people on the podcast recommended a number a number of times in the comments is Black Mirror. Yeah. Or the Black Mirror. But but yeah. But it's kind of it's different. It's like during the Trump election, one someone posted on the Facebook on my feed, like. This is a really bad episode of Black Mirror. I want it to end. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly the kind of thing that, that they talk about. It's yeah. like they talk about technology being used to the nth degree, and in this case, social media to win an election, basically. So Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you know, did you see the whole thing about um, all of the fake news that was being generated? Yeah. They're like one in five of these stories, and that was just—it's crazy. Like, so like completely bogus stories. People were just making stuff up. Million, two million times. You know. Yeah, it's bad. It's funny. My brother, my my brother Jay was. This is my older brother, not my younger one, Jeff. I've talked about it a few times, but he he was he was talking about yeah, you know, the one thing about this election which is really interesting is how much it's like it's circumventing around like the the mainstream media and what it is it they want. And I said, yeah, but the problem is with all the misinformation and disinformation and echo chamber filter bubbles of social media, like I'm not even sure that's a better thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you have partisan media like Fox news and MSNBC, which we know where they're coming from. We know their bias, you know, um, you have CNN, which, you know, whatever, argue where they're at. And then, but you know, the, when you have these kind of stories coming up, on, and and people are sharing us. Oh, you just don't you don't really know, and a lot of people just don't have time to vet whether they're true or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, that's the interesting thing. It's a, it's a, again, I can imagine that is is probably a Black Mirror episode. The man, yeah. have you have you watched any of the? Black I have Mirror not yet? watched a single one. So don't give one away. You can okay, just nod. And say, right. Yeah, that's. But should I watch it? Is it good? I don't know if you'll like it because well, I mean the first one. The first one is really, it's kind of aggressive on the old brain, you know, <laughs> just, right. just straight out of the box. It's like a horrific situation, you know, just if that happened in the world, it would be, and, and even after, after now what's happened, it makes it seem more palpable and more believable that something like this could happen. Right. I think you probably should watch it. It's, but I'm not sure you'll like it. And I think it's something you get enjoyment from. Kind of dark and <laughs> it's dark. dark and did you like Breaking Bad? No, because it's too depressing. I think Black Mirror might have that same effect on you, potentially. I mean, I've I've, I've only watched the first one, so I don't. But yeah, it stopped me dead in my tracks. You know. Oh, really? You just yeah. couldn't do it after after that first one, yeah. But I mean, I, I keep on meaning to watch it, but then I keep on thinking, oh god, am I going to have to go through an experience like that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's kind of funny. Like Walking Dead was the same kind of thing, but I was in. I was just it was like a train wreck that I couldn't stop watching. You know, it was just so bad and so so horrible. So I don't know. I mean, obviously it was gross, but it was just depressing when these characters you got you liked would then just be eaten alive or whatever, you know. But I still like to watch it. So I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on my mood. All right. Well, tell me when I can change the subject. Yeah, well, I got one more thing I want to talk about. But what's your go ahead and change your subject? Um, Elon Musk putting up four thousand plus satellites and giving internet to the world. Here's what I was gonna write. SpaceX satellites. <laughs> They're good. All right. All so right. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. I, I think that's, I mean, well, I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion of, of this. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, read the news like, oh, Trump is going to be against net neutrality and point FC chairman and we're going to lose net neutrality. It's like, well, it may not matter. You know, by the time, you know, within a few years, SpaceX comes up and, you know, puts up 4,000, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's it's an it's an amazing concept, like just global. But obviously, I don't think they're talking about it being free. But it, I mean, maybe Not it will be free. Maybe but it I mean, will be free in some places. But free, free um, conceptually and free from a, from a rights point of view. 
yeah, he's. I don't know. I mean, Elon Musk just does it all, doesn't he? He is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. He really does. Fuck, man. That guy. I mean, I don't know. He's 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 an he's an impressive guy. That's no question. And he thinks he thinks it through each of the pro. Like he's like, okay, yep, no, can't be twenty thousand miles up. Let you know, the latency's too low, too too high. So we'll bring it down seven hundred miles. Put four thousand of them down there. The whole world's covered, and everyone's on gigabit. <laughs> gigabit internet you know he's just let's do it right <laughs> but you know he's a one man he, he he's like a, he's a one man bridge between science and sci-fi he just brings a sci-fi to reality doesn't he it's crazy i i was thinking about i was imagining a world that had that and it was like if you think about it it then a lot of people would be relying on that it, it, it's quite um a single point of failure in a way you know mm. Like it's something that you could attack, but also think about the the ramifications for for countries like North Korea, you know, places that don't want that. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden, everyone in North Korea has internet access. Like that's going to be a problem, isn't it? Yeah, well, everyone in China has same internet goes, access. There's no the Great Wall of China, the Great Firewall of China. Right. What are they going to? How, how? What's that going to mean? How's it going to play know, out? Unless they do some kind of. I mean, I didn't read anything about that. Were they talking about that in the article about how you would? No, but they were talking about that on Hacker News. Yeah, you know, they were thinking they were, they were basically thinking it through. Like, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, um, because there's a lot of com countries that don't want free speech. A lot of them. Yeah, even this one to some degree. At times. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, people in power don't want a lot of free speech usually. Did you hear about the law that they passed in the UK? Oh, well, which one? There's that, like basically, it just recently passed. Every single website that you go to is kept in a history by the ISPs for one year. Right. So, no matter, you know, there's nothing you can do about it, I guess, other than use something like a tool network. Right. So, and, and the government have, you know, without any, without any big deal, have access to everyone's internet history for a year. Right. And it's passed. It passed through and it was approved by... It's approved, it's passed, it's going to happen. It's, wow, it's, it's what is the deal with the UK? It's, it's crazy. I mean, you guys, well, you guys... No, because they, keep, they kept on trying to push it through. It's, and, and this is something they're talking about Hacker News, that this is the way they do it. They push something through, everyone comes up in arms again about it. A year later, they push the same thing through with a slight tweak, slightly less people go up in arms. And a year later, they push like something Pippa through. And SOPA and stuff eventually. And they just keep on pushing it through until finally people are like... People have uh, outrage fatigue. They've had enough. Protest fatigue, they've had enough. yeah. Well, because the because the people pushing it through are 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 funded to push it through, right? Right. I mean, they get paid, the lobbyists or whatever. I mean, they, this they get paid to do this. Every get up and like, what are we pushing? And this is what we're doing, you know. And it's hard to compete against that. I think that it's it's outrageous. I mean, I th I just don't understand how it's could pass through the legal muster, you know. See the. Yeah, and then it gets normalized. But same thing with surveillance. Exactly. I mean, because I know that England has a ton of surveillance stuff that's even yeah. worse than the U.S. now, right? At this point. Well, just the CCTV every, yeah, on everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But it's the kind of thing that won't. I mean, you think that what will likely change it is like people actually being um, uh, detained or charged for things like that. Like people yeah. think it's all theoretical. 
But then well, it's, a, it's, a, it's all gradual, right? So oh, we got these pedophiles, we got these terrorists, or we got these, you know, drug dealers, or we got these arms dealers. Those are the people who will get first. And then it just starts, you know, and then it's normalized. Like, oh, yeah, you know, all these. Then, then maybe people who with less and less um, serious crimes, you know, are being hauled in or and charged with stuff. And then people are afraid to, to go on the Internet to search for certain types of things because it's just like, you know, I don't want to be... You know, feel like I'm I put myself in position because I looked Going up, back to the I looked like, up I looked a website on uh, machine guns because I saw some of the movie about it, I wanted to go through right. and all of a sudden I'm like And then it's in your like geez, history I read for it. a year. Yeah, you know. Like and it could it be used in a divorce case? <laughs> you know, yeah. like you know mm-hmm. it could be brought up like, oh, he shouldn't he shouldn't keep the kids because he searched for machine guns. Yeah. Um but I wonder if you know the, the Elon Musk thing, 700 miles up. Is that like, if you're above England, if, you, if you're a satellite above England, 700 miles above England, are you considered in English? Is is that part of England? Or is it like the sea where that's international? Yeah, it's sea. It's, I think it's maritime off anything. It's not part of England. If it's 700 miles up? Probably, yeah. That's I don't really, know for sure, but I would that's think. That's interesting. Well, you know, and, and speaking of Elon Musk, so uh, Sane and I bought some more Tesla shares because it got up to one, it went down to 180. Okay. And Sandy, Sandy was in, walked in my office. She's like, yeah, I, did you see where it's at? I was like, no, she's 180. I'm like, I think it's buying time. <laughs> and so we bought we bought some more just the other day. Uh, I she's, was like, well, she's like, how much should we buy? What I said, let's buy some now. And if it falls more, we'll buy some more. Um, I was watching a John Oliver show. Do you watch that guy, John Oliver? I don't. This week, uh, last week, tonight. Yeah, he's fu- He's so funny. Yeah, I, so I don't funny watch it, but and I, intelligent. I, I, yeah. But anyway, he, one of the things uh, I was, because we, we've got HBO's Go, so we can go back to the history, and we were watching it last night. Um, he was talking about uh, financial advisors and how they basically rip you off, you know, and you might, you're better off investing in an, in an investment fund. But one of the pieces that he did was um, they, they, they paired some professional advisors against a cat <laughs> who threw basically a ball of cotton wool to land on certain stocks and that's how they right. picked and the cat got 10 percent returns in a year <laughs> and the stock advisor got three percent returns wow so I don't yeah know. There's, a, there's a lot of randomness there you know it's, it's speed the market is hard if at all possible and <laughs> so i, I they just say look just just invest in in an index just get a cheap in a cheap stock index and that's the best way to place to put your money. Yeah, I, you know, but I, I, I've said I don't entirely believe with that. I agree with that because I think that, for instance, Elon Musk has right. He's something about market, him. There's yeah. something about him. He's just different. You know, it's like with Steve Jobs or just there's something. The new roof. Did you see the the roofs? The new solar roof. No. Basically, they look Elon Musk's. So basically, Solar City uh, are releasing the new solar roofs that look better than normal roofs. Really? Like so basically they have three different types of tiles and they 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 look better they just look amazingly awesome. And it, you can't tell that there's any solar paneling on the roof. And yeah. that is going it's going going to go ballistic. Yeah, so that's what, the one thing he does is he tries to make things with a sense of style. Well, he, like, well, he, like the 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 Roadster and the Model S are great looking well, cars and not just electric. The Model S is the most desired car in the in its class way more than the uh, mercedes yeah. for example because people because it's already it it already comes with full autonomous driving capability but it's beautiful and it's beautiful it's beautiful i mean it's, it's a beautiful car drive. drives amazing but but you know it's like 
he hired, I can't remember, was the guy, I think it was the guy who did. Not Fisker. What? It's not Fisker. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, not talking, I'm thinking about someone else. He, it was one of the guys who did the suit for, it was maybe Man of Steel or something like that. Right. And um, he's, and Elon Musk hired him, or SpaceX hired him to design their spacesuits. He's like, you know, everyone looks better in a tux. Everyone should look awesome in a spacesuit. Not like these big bulky, and I'm like, yes. Cause I always think like these big blowed up, like, you know, Pillsbury Doughboy kind of looking cumbersome suits. It'd be cool if we could have something that looked, that was much sleeker, much cooler. And, you know, but SpaceX is trying to do a style, which I like, which is like science fiction. Like make this stuff look cool. You know, I don't just make it functional. Don't just like NASA's like, look, we're engineers. We're, we're trying to maximize effectiveness and reduce costs. And, you know, they're, but they're not, NASA does not care about looking cool. They don't because they, that's not close to, but Elon Musk like, you know, I want to look cool, which I like. I mean, that just yeah. makes things more palatable. People get more excited about like, that looks dope, man. Like, you know, I mean, their 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 rockets look cool. Their cars look, you know, the has cars look cool. I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. I'm of that. slightly worried about Elon Musk because um, he's so fucking important, and he's got so much shit that he's doing, and it's it's just like important. And he's have you seen? He's gained quite a lot of weight. You know, I'm, has he? Yeah, he has. I I like he he should he should be in the peak of 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 health because we need him to live as long as possible, right? I'm sure he's fine. Right. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I mean, he's, he's getting he's getting close to me now. Is so he? yeah, yeah, he's he's really gained gained a bunch of weight. I haven't no, I had noticed it. When was the last time you saw him interviewed or whatever? Just just like a couple of weeks ago. And he usually he's put on like 30, 40 pounds. Yeah, something like that. I would say at least at yeah, least love 40, stress. 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. Wow. So that's why I was thinking. You know, like if if Elon, if you're listening and you need a workout buddy, like <laughs> I, you know, we're in the same boat. I'll 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 work out with you. I'll do a uh, super slow with you. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep each other on track we can be accountability right. partners that's <laughs> right yes you and uh you yeah. and Eli can have a little mastermind group <laughs> um uh, so uh, we should call that a show i need to oh you, you do you okay. go on unless there's some big topic well, there's here. so much i mean like I'd, i've been collecting links over over the time i mean you know quantum computing's like really picking up some steam you know that's interesting um but uh Let's let's uh, save our night. We'll do another show. We won't be wasting. Let's try and get let's get try and get back close to the once every couple of weeks. One thing I would like to do is to let's do a double ad for Stanislaw Pitucha, who remember we said we forgot who it was, mm-hmm. and I've got it, I've got it here. So basically, I'll just quickly say this. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So hi, Justin, Jason. I remember you did a quick advert some time ago on the podcast. Call these guys something like that. Would you be interested in running another? I would like to advertise myself as a security consultant for startups and smaller online services. I do security reviews, architecture planning, long-term service software hardening recommendations. I think your listeners would be great uh, people to to talk to about my services. And uh, we are now doing that. And the website to go to uh, is defenseforstartups.com defenseforstartups.com yeah if you want a good security not dot audit, biz. <laughs> not <laughs> biz. if you want a great security audit and an amazing texting listener who's been listening to our show for five years and who knows his shit about securing your website 
you should go to defenseforstartups.com. Yeah, I always thought that would be um, useful because it seemed like a lot of the um, penetration testing and security audit stuff was was really expensive for it was more for bigger companies. Like you couldn't an individual, you know, I'm going to individual, but a small startup wouldn't ever be able to force him. Well, like he should that. he should definitely be on AirPair, for example. Submit himself to AirPair. But I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put a link to it in the, in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll do another little shout out next episode. Is there any other key thing you want to bring up? Um, let me just see. Otherwise, we can just um, we can do a show in a couple weeks. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll cover some more. We'll cover more links. Yeah, I've got like ten here. So. And like, all right. Well, this will give you time to actually read them. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> You're really funny, Jason Roberts. All right, that's Rob. We're out.